Greetings, citizens, and welcome to episode 13 of I Am The Knights. 13 may be unlucky for some, but it was definitely very lucky for us because we're reviewing episode 14 of Batman the Animated Series. To me, to my mind, and in the minds of several fellow fans, arguably one of the greatest episodes in the history of the show. And uh, I can be talking of none other than Heart of Ice, where we get the debut in animation of Mr. Freeze, and what an episode it is. With me, as always, is my son and fellow DC Comics News and Dark Knight News writer, Adam. Adam, talk to me. Yeah, I, I can talk to you for a great length of time about a great many things, but right here, right now, we are catching up with Victor Freeze after his traumatic appearance and we hear everything about how he came to be we see his methods we see him in true form with isolated crimes and espionages and science all for a chance to try and clear his conscience and get revenge as to why he is where he is we see all of the character from all angles one of my personal favorites again i just love batman's rose gallery so much and we see this one scientific villain done to great to great success I would say I can't argue with that I mean who could probably argue that Batman's arguably got the best rogues gallery in the history of fiction the only ones possibly could rival him as Spider-Man and the Flash Um, and what a debut because I will be honest I've said so in my comics reviews that in the comics I never really liked Mr. Freeze as a villain maybe because I saw Captain Cold first as part of Flash's Road Gallery or I'd seen other Cold villains before I wasn't around for Freeze's debut but um, he never really struck me as a character until this show and probably this episode where Michael Ansara's performance the way he went from when they go to the flashback where you see him as Dr. Victor Freeze the amount of motion and character in his voice there compared to the cold, stilted, emotionless tones Robotic. of stuff. It's just brilliant. And the modulation, whatever effect they use to disguise his voice, just add to that. And obviously when you get a class actor like Michael Ansara in that role, like they have with every villain in this series, they've literally just picked like legends. I mean, Ansara himself, I've been researching. I knew I recognised the voice in the face, but I didn't realise that he was Kane from the Buck Rogers TV show of wow. 79 to 81, or Kang, the uh, Klingon leader in all three seasons of the original Star Trek. Wow. And then, of course, Cochise in Broken Arrow and so many other roles from I Dream of Genie. I mean, he, this guy's everything. And when you see his face, actually, you'll even recognise the face because he's appeared in countless TV and movie roles. But to me, after the Joker, he's the most successful villain in this show due to his appearances after... Batman the Animated Series as Mr. Freeze. Yes, he his voice, the whole general emotionless and slight robotic tinge. I wouldn't be surprised if Ansara was in the Arkham games because he featured quite greatly in Arkham City towards in the towards the middle of the late game, with the look drawn very heavily from yeah. the distinctive black suit with purple details and blue details from this from this one episode. We also get this really good, strong. I feel like this performance really set the tone for the character oh, yeah. going into other media. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, we're still a few years rem- away from Arnold, but let's not go there. <laughs> and... 
Wow. No, no, actually, Arnold is a thing I can forgive about that movie. Arnold was okay. He was just Arnold. You can't go against Arnie for being Arnie, really, but he wasn't Mr. Freeze, let's be honest. No, because... Far I... too much passion and emotion in that role. and uh, Giggles. Allow me to break the... Actually, no, 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 don't no. stop no, no, it. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's our version, but there's something still so much more sincere about someone that has been frozen physically and frozen emotionally by trauma yeah. that's the real version and that's something we see perfectly done here until of course throughout the episode we see him try to battle through that and he does a great job with it but it's nice to see that even though he was the focus and the antagonist he wasn't really the villain was he no far from it the villain was mark hamill um, unbelievably, yes, Mr. Hamill makes another appearance as a villainous character who... Uh, it's brilliant. The whole theme of duality in this Batman universe is fantastic. This guy who puts on the facade of, of Goth Corp's uh, CEO, uh, the People Company, and Award uh, for Humanitarian of the Year, and he is the vilest... Corporate bloodsucking. Horrible, yeah, he is the actual epitome. He's like a Trump-esque, nasty, but handsome and charming horrible human being I also find it really funny that in an episode with Mr. Freeze he's called Boyle I am so glad you said that I got that too we got Boyle and Freeze the opposite of the spectrum oh, I'm so glad you caught that it's reference so as well clear. it's so clear it's right there I didn't right. catch it until this viewing oh wow okay. I didn't catch it this because obviously I mean when obviously I it's not right in the, written B-O-I-L like you do with water yeah, but, but it's clear yeah absolutely clear I was so glad you spotted but um yeah um like the anti Wayne really isn't he in a way yeah um it's really nice to see that when Bruce Wayne goes to see him he puts on immense passive aggression because oh, yeah. that's exactly the opposite of what Bruce Wayne as a person stands for and therefore what Bruce Wayne as a corporate leader would stand for it's very nice to see that he's still able to keep those kinds of morals, even though Bruce Wayne is still, like, of that kind of person. Someone mm -hmm. who runs, like, a Fortune 500 company. Yeah. But it doesn't mean you have to lose your soul to do it. But Well said. Yeah. And you... This is still a big problem right now in America, because I know that America's minimum wage is through the toilet. And it's, it's American perfect. American listeners, please uh, correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, because a lot of... The divide between like those kinds of peoples, you, the peoples who make the front covers of Forbes, and the majority of the working man, they don't really have enough to be able to go on, and it's like almost a modern day slavery. But we can't really call it that because it's not actually. But it might as well be. So, when you hear of people having to take two, three, four jobs to live, it's it's not right. Nah, it's it's not right. It's because the yeah, it's because the minimum wage in America hasn't changed in like fifteen years or something stupid like that. It's horrible to even think about. But we digress. Yeah. Um, let's think about other horrible things like uh, Mr. Boyle and his treatment of, like you said, the villainous but not actually evil uh, Mr. Friesen and Batman's treatment of both characters, which I found fascinating. Batman, in throughout this season and throughout the show, has always been able to bring the right kind of justice to whoever has been doing wrong and he recognised immediately that this that Boyle was doing wrong in a way that I think would actually offend and hurt Bruce more mm. offend and hurt Batman more 
Mr. Freeze was misguided, sure, and he was using his knowledge of science for bad means to create weapons and to use those weapons back on certain kinds of people, but he was able to bring both men to their own source of justice. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, we see Mr. Freeze there in Arkham at the end repenting uh, in other kind, feeling largely quite sorry for himself, but that's to be expected when he's gone through that kind of trauma. Boyle is nowhere to be seen. We see him hand the evidence to Summer, Summer Gleason, another great ironic name here for... <laughs> <laughs> um, if this had been her first appearance, that would have been even more ironic. That would have been fantastic. Yeah, well, we can still forgive it. Um, but we see him do that, and that kind of evidence would completely destroy his oh, company absolutely. so it's clear and recorded there for him to see that he more or less murdered freeze and nora so yeah that's probably a harsher sentence that batman could have dished out which is why we see freeze again but i don't think we see again. and the other aspect of course where batman like you said he dishes out justice appropriately but and we saw it a few episodes back when he was fighting through with broken ribs this time he's clearly ill. He's clearly got much more than a cold and a flu. There's times when he, his muscles are aching, can barely move, he's sneezing and coughing, but he fights through it. And that, again, is one of the aspects of this character that I just adore, because I know what it's like when you're ill, when you're fighting an injury. Sometimes you can't even get up, but this guy doesn't just get up. He keeps fighting. And if that's not something to aspire and inspire... I don't know what it is. You have, he shows that you have to keep persevering to do what is right, regardless of what is weighing you down. And that's the truest vision of inspiration I can really think of. Especially with this version of Batman fighting with, like, what, when we're in it, a cold is the worst feeling, because mm. everything is sluggish and slow, yeah. and your nose is full, and you're coughing and spluttering. But... It's really nice to see something so relatively mundane because I'm very yeah, much used to Batman fighting. I'm used to Batman fighting like gas, gases. <laughs> no, gas is like honestly one of the biggest villains in the show. It's honestly one of the biggest villains we've in the show. This um, no, but we've, I, I like across Batman's camp. Yeah. I'm used to him fighting new, deadly neurological toxins mm -hmm. and space viruses mm -hmm. and Starro and big cosmic things. So a yeah. cold is really like a sort of homegrown. Absolutely. But it's still a thing that we're just like, oh man, come on, Batman. Yeah, do yeah. it. You fight for you, your you hero. Fight, yeah, you absolutely. Absolutely. And like you said, little human touches again it doesn't have to be about the world's latest earth-shattering crisis with batman literally the smallest thing and, and the smallest struggles like johnny who's yeah. freezes henchman who gets frozen by his own boss and abandoned i mean pardon the pun here but mr freeze was cold that was absolutely cold but batman who had no need to and alfred points this out he had no need to help this crook does Again, isn't that what a hero should be? Exactly what a hero should be. He puts aside what you would expect, and instead of choosing to go and deal with the larger threat, he chooses to go and protect. That's kind of the big ethos about him. He, it's very, it'd be very easy for him to go down across the street, go back in the Batmobile, disable the car that Freeze is getting away in and catch him and the episode's over. But then he might have 
died of exposure. It's more important for Batman to make sure that people are safe as opposed to like bringing down justice because he can count on Freeze's needs for whatever he's doing to bring him back out again. He knows how to balance his priorities and he does it in enough of a way to show that we can still do the same. We're still doing the right thing but balancing it out properly. Yeah. And it's one of Batman's eternal dilemmas and something that the character is sometimes criticised for, where does he follow and capture the bad guy or save the victim? And to me, what Batman has always done, and again, in my mind and in my heart, the right thing to do is save the victim because there's this argument the other, but who else is that villain damaging, hurting, killing while Batman is saving the victim? But if Batman lets one victim go, yeah, if he lets one life fizzle out just to capture the villain, that's a definite. That's something Batman's definitely done and has to live with. What Freeze is doing is on Freeze's conscience. To my mind. And you said it's uh, Freeze potentially hurting people. Yeah. Um, he might not. He yeah. might just take the tech, then freeze it, literally, uh, metaphorically and literally. Yeah. Go off to the Colton Maltese for a while and then come back when it's unexpected. Those are, though, then necessarily, then no one's being hurt. Mm. But if he goes off to do that, then one person will definitely die. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. yeah, it's about recognizing that one person is definitely in danger now as opposed to if a few people are probably in danger later. Yes. And then again, that's also happening later after he's saved this one life mm. where he's going to be able to, all right, you've been saved, you're fine, I'm here now. Oh, you go back to some people. I am here to stop you. Mm. He—it's about being able to like balance the risk, and he does that perfectly on the fly. That kind of quick, responsive thinking, as well as the physical capabilities, what you would necessarily need to be Batman in a realistic yeah. sense. Well, I mean, his his heart, literally, not 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 the organ pumping stretch, but the amount of heart that Batman has in terms of caring for every citizen of Gotham, good, bad, and everything in between, and his will to keep struggling on and fighting when even he himself is suffering is just amazing and, and what I love about him. But let's talk a little bit about the technology in this show, um, Mr. Freeze's weaponry, Batman's deductive skills, and that wonderful tribute to the monster movies from Universal and the Frankenstein movies and the tech and the f giant towers flashing electricity used to power the chamber that saves Johnny and little things like that that just make me smile as an ageing fanboy. That's always going to be something you're going to get in comics, especially with this kind of villain, someone who's... Uh, like, oh, I don't know how this was described, but like... You like talking about your sci-fi being like sort of five minutes in the future. Yes, I love it. It's just that. like very, very recognisably now, but the tech is just a little bit yeah. pushed forwards. That's That was shown very well this episode. It was someone, the, a villain who had been affected in a certain way that doesn't really work with science, but we'll forgive it because it's five minutes in the great future. Great storytelling as well. And Yeah, great storytelling. And we get the real sense that the science that's used to bring down Mr. Freeze is something that you used to be able to help others by putting um, this one goon, Johnny, was it, into yeah. like the reverse freezing process in a big old heat tank into 
I'm like in my head, I'm used to Mr. Freeze's freeze gun being this like large cannon that's strapped yeah. to his gear. So yeah. seeing this handheld thing that like I don't know if it was intentional or not, almost looks like a Luger, but we really shouldn't talk about that because mm-hmm. because very well spotted. Because yeah. Um that's a very advanced version to what I was expecting because I because I'm used to it being fueled from the same cold fusion stuff that keeps his suit cold. So that just shows how advanced the technology was going into it. And then even though it was just like a hot bath, there were big Tesla coils and great tubes yeah, and whirring machines that just make the whole thing look so much more grand. Yeah. It was great. It was a tribute to all the Frankenstein movies of the past. And, so, and the F- Max Fleischer Superman's cartoons as well. There was tons of that stuff going on. But uh, I'm glad you brought up Freeze's gun. Hmm. Because I've spotted something in this episode, which again, I didn't first, second, third, have as many times as these, because I've watched this one a lot. But I actually think that this entire episode is a little bit of a tribute to Mark Hamill. Yes. Hear me out. No, 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 I I know exactly where you're going with this, but I want you to Because the gun also looks very much like Han Solo's gun from Star Wars. Um, Batman is hanging upside down in a frozen cave. And Johnny is in a, saved in a tank, just like Luke is, after being hung upside down in a frozen cave. Maybe I'm really no, 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 too much into this. No, 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 I saw all of those things, and I really wanted to talk about that as my like best bit. Oh, Sandy, it's not just me. No, no, it was quite clear. It was quite clear, because I really haven't seen Mark Hamill in much else, unfortunately. Not to, dis- not to discredit a great mm-hmm. actor, but mm-hmm. I've only really heard him in Batman adjacent media and have seen him as Luke Skywalker mm-hmm. so it's great to see that people are recognising what is still his great visual work yes but putting it sideways in a way so that we can see he's been so influential enough to be able to like sort of ape it with kindness mm-hmm. which was a really really nice and unexpected thing to say I thought, I thought that was absolutely hilarious and I honestly didn't realise it until this viewing, how clever it was. But like I said, f- favourite bits and stuff. Something we've mentioned a lot watching this show is the little moments. Yes. It makes the world feel so much more lived in. That bit at the beginning of the show where Summers yeah. that, at Gothcourt. This show is just so good <laughs> at summing up the story of what's generally going on with newscasts. Yeah. And Summer becoming the face of that, which is just going to show how important she is going forward. So despite it being high summer, there's ice and snow everywhere, and little kids playing around yeah. in the snow, and policemen trying to shoo them away, and then throwing snowball at the policeman, which is <laughs> brilliant. Which is probably a city offence or assaulting an officer, but who cares? They're kids, they're kids being kids. Kids see snow, kids throw snowballs. But it's adding little touches like that, which aren't necessary but totally elevate the mood and feel and, and aesthetic and everything else about the show, which is... Oh, God. We must sound like scratch records every week because the amount of superlatives and positives we're throwing at the show. But honestly, if I see something I don't like or don't agree with, I will say it. Yeah, um, we weren't super... But, yeah, we weren't especially, like, cheery positive the whole way through. There were times when we were just like, does the tone make sense with the early Joker episodes? Well, I like it. Contrast. Exactly. Um... No one episode looks the same as any other. And I said it at the beginning when I saw the credits, and obviously we have to give credit to writer Paul Dinney, who's a Batman legend in every way, shape, or form, from TV to comics. To video games, he wrote the plot for all the other games. Exactly. And director Bruce Timm. This episode, 
again, it feels like a blockbuster cinematic movie, condensed into 20 minute form, but still directed, lit, paced, scored again, Shirley Walker legend. Um, Everything about this move, this episode, is is epic. It's very, it's very cinematic. It's very grand and large, and it's exactly what you would get from this kind of villain telling this kind of story. And they did it perfectly, I would say. I mean, I, I have to give a shout out right now to two of my mates, two of my friends, and fellow Dark Knight news writers, uh, James Stone and Max Byrne, who uh, initially said that they would would love to be a part of this episode, but for time constraints, couldn't join us. But Guys, this one's dedicated to you, and obviously, your love for this episode and your love for this show is is rivals our own, and um, we need to get you on an episode soon. And I promise, guys, I will do. But uh, on that note, Adam, um, favorite moments, highlights, lowlights, anything that's stuck in your head other than what we've already we talked about Batman's heart, his resolve, his energy to keep going and doing the right thing every single time. Obviously, to be that kind of person, it's a huge emotional strain if he didn't have a bigger heart behind him. Yeah. And we see that in Alfred being the most delightful mother. The most Absolutely. delightful mother handing him... Oh, what's this? Knockout gas? No, chicken soup. It's good for the soul. <laughs> and, in its own way, it did save the day. You know what? Best weapon in the whole Batman arsenal. Chicken soup. Take that, Mr. Freeze. That's why he was scrabbling around for his belt so hard. Oh, so brilliant. I mean, I didn't expect him... I, 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 actually, again, I'd forgotten that. I thought he was going to pick up a gas pellet or an acid thing to melt through. It was the chicken goddamn suit that saved the day. And, and Alfred trying to hand him a hanky as well. Do you think in that belt are yours? <laughs> Just... Oh, Ephraim Zimbalist Jr., I miss you. And you are, to me, the Alfred forever. Absolutely brilliant. Something about the well-spoken but still heavily sarcastic Alfred. Oh, heavily, so like like a ton of sarcasm. He's like got sarcasm to spare, but there was also, for my mind, again the little things. And one of the highlights was was one line from the evil Ferris Boyle to Bruce Wayne when he walks into his office and says, "Ah, Bruce, long time no see. Still the terror of the night scene." <laughs> In his own way, he always will it. be. But, I love it. But just another testament to the Bruce Wayne persona that he can still get away with that. Uh, he's the terror of the nightclub scene and Batman is the real terror of the night scene. And I thought, again, little genius lines of writing like that and, and Freeze's constant use of cold, but not in the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger way. Um, it's just alright everybody chill oh god I can't not do it it's so stupid (laughs) (laughs) oh and uh, sadly he wasn't the worst thing about that film Um, but again we're not going to talk about that because we we have good Mr Freeze Media right in front of us exactly we've got Michael Ansara's powerhouse performance which led to so many great things I mean uh, other than Joker Mm. in Mask of the Phantasm and Return of the Joker and whatever else and uh, Freeze is the only person to get his own animated movie in yep. Sub-Zero which of course we will review further down the line and it's it's brilliant but he appeared in, in Batman Beyond and, and so many other things too I mean yeah we need to find out if, if Michael Ansara was the voice of Mr. Freeze in the uh, Arkham games I mean I, I, I trust you if you think he was I'm, if he's not then whoever it's a very did, good impersonation it's either, it's either a very good impersonation or the voice direction said alright do it this Cold, way. emotionless, and we'll 
to fix it in post to make you sound like a robot. Yeah. Great stuff. Absolutely. So, uh, Paul Dini, t- Bruce Tim, thank you. And again, Michael Ansara as Mr. Freeze, Mark Hamill as Ferris Spoiland, uh, the lovely Murray Devon as uh, Summer Gleason joined Kevin Conroy and Nephilim Zimbalist Jr. in a brilliant, brilliant episode. Um, I-, I can't fault it. Absolutely love it. Can't wait to see more. Adam, um, let's let everyone know where we can see and read more of your work sir as said at the opening I review many comics a week on Dark Knight News and DC Comics News Um, as for otherwise I am one of the main contributors um, our site our pride and joy fantasticuniverses.com where you can find me writing about my one true love tabletop games you can find me on Twitch most Tuesdays at no, uh, twitch.tv forward slash no ordinary hero streaming Dungeons and Dragons. As of uh, the recording of this, we're on a small Christmas break set to come back on January the 7th. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at isittinkerer and just generally wandering around the internet looking for dice. Um, <laughs> and where are you, sir? Again, uh, Dark Knight News and DC Comics News are where I do most of my um, damage. And you can get links to everything I've written for both brilliant websites just by Google searching Steve J. Ray. Or you can uh, frequently catch me spouting stuff and nonsense that's geek-related on the Twitter at Stevo E-L underscore S-T-E-E-V-O. And of course, I'm owner, publisher, and editor-in-chief on our website fantastic universes where we republish a lot of the uh, work we do for dc comics news and dark Knight news for a uk audience but there's tons of new stuff on there as well which isn't just comics or dc related there's marvel stuff there's doctor who stuff there's sci-fi stuff dungeons and dragons magic the gathering music wrestling you name it but um that's it from us this has been the i am the night podcast adam ray he is the night together we are the night and adam There's something people really need to do more of, isn't there? Read more comics. And watch more Batman. See you next week. Thanks for listening.